Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Not gonna lie, can't believe we're talking about a Marvel movie. Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I am Iron Man. <laughs> you are. I mean, that's just it. Just is what it is. It's just a fact. Billionaire philanthropist. I already fucked it up. You know what? I just I'm getting over a co- cold <laughs> and a code. You and had an code. ice cream code right before you started. A code. I don't, can't even do the Downey impression. I'm just so fucking sick. Whatever. Let's do this, people. We're the candid candid. We talk about candid films and all their amazing output. Sometimes we go on diversions for months at a time. Sometimes it's the holiday season and you just want to get cozy. You just want to get relaxed, a big old cup of hot hot cocoa, maybe some peppermint marshmallows in there. Mm. Ooh, maybe just an inordinate amount of Christmas decorations in the background of everything. <laughs> Jeff, I make a big cup of hot cocoa and I get my chocolate frogs and I dip them in there and let it melt. <laughs> it is. It's a sight because he's doing it right now. Those frogs are screaming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, they're alive when I, I dip them. Yeah, when yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Dip them in chocolate. <laughs> It's disgusting. There's frog Silence blood everywhere. <laughs> but people, uh, when it's this cozy, you know, we got to, we got to be talking about Shane Black because that's what we're doing this month. We're not talking candid films, although we'll still talk about candid films because that's what we oh, yeah. do. But this whole month, we have been doing Shane Black Christmas. It's our tribute. It is the holidays to the action star with the Christmas star in his eyes because he can't get over Christmas. It is insane. He really loves it. And we have talked. Even though the co-writer of this movie takes credit for setting it at Christmas, we're like, eh. I don't know about all that. I mean, that's why, like, legitimately while we were watching it, my wife was just like, do you think Marvel asked for the Christmas or Shane Black was like, you get me, you get Christmas. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's my contract writer, yeah. deal. Because, I, I, look, all right, we're, we've been doing Shane Black Christmas. We have done The Nice Guys, just a little tiny bit of Christmas. We have done The Long Kiss Goodnight, a whole lot of Christmas. Mm-hmm. We have done The Last Boy Scout, it, it, it weird amounts of Christmas, like yeah. probably more originally. And then we had to do it because this one is so Christmassy. Yeah. We had to do Iron Man 3. Also, <laughs> the consumerism of Christmas. It oh, only fits. Boy. I mean, it truly only fits. Welcome to Don't, Black You know Friday. what, Jeff? No, I'm going to call you on this shit. Do not act above this. Do not act I, like you're, not. You're, you're giving this like attitude of being like, well, we're covering a Marvel movie. <laughs> like, like your cred is somehow going to be just ripped to shreds. <laughs> Fuck no, you. Don't even try. I swear. <laughs> I swear. I know I'm I know, already I coming it. across like this. No, but you. Truly. Ivory Tower. How's the weather up there? 
I was we saying. We get it. You're punk. <laughs> I'm very punk rock. I only like cinema and film. <laughs> no, but see, I was thinking about watching. Like, we were. I was watching it and thinking there is a parallel of canon films to the Marvel films in that there is like a certain worlds where it's like uncouth uncooleth to say that you really like these oh yeah well, like I, I got accused of uh being a, a supporter of the uh pri- or not prison <laughs> i mean probably that too but the uh military industrial complex sure because i'm a fan of these movies i can't believe it's like you've got an i love the carceral state shirt you're wearing yeah. right now <laughs> shocking all <laughs> And then you're like, um, have you seen any of the movies I talk about on the Candy Can? <laughs> the complicated relationship I have with film, as you should have with art uh, people. That's one thing. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's the kind of the best thing to come out of art. But uh, I, I guess I was just like watching it, and it's like, look, I, uh, one, I was mentioning this to Jason Gork, former guest for Shane Black Christmas, that we were doing Iron Man 3. And he loves Marvel movies, but and also just and this will be an interesting. I'll, I would love to hear this your opinion on this. His gut reaction to Iron Man three goes, "Oh, that one stinks." And I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "I liked it." I was like, "But it's a Shane Black movie, like, yeah, you know." Um, but I was telling him, and I do think I stand behind this. Maybe it's like I'm a Marvel agnostic. Like I like, <laughs> I really like Marvel movies. Yeah. But I also like don't have like a strong opinion one way or the other and and in reaction to partly to every single version of people's reaction to it. Like there are yeah. some people and we know friends of ours who maybe love them way too much. Uh-huh. And you kind of want to be like, you know, there's other movies. There like are other, yeah, there's other media. There's definitely a lot other media. And there's also people who hate it more than anything like either because it's uh uh you know an example of consumerism it's the prime example of the death of film it's uh not real movies it's for children blah 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 whatever you know someone walking around lying that they're watching fucking fitz Caraldo every single day and here to talk about this subject is Quentin Tarantino okay, and okay. Martin Scorsese. Here's the, all right, here's the thing. All right, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and yeah, and and then there are the people who think we need to, for some reason, have Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino's opinion on Marvel it is films. So exhausting. People just like what you like, and who gives a shit? Also, like I. Uh, to, you are capable of believing many things. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm I'm a sucker for the. I'm an easy target for these movies. I yeah. will see every single one of them in the theater the weekend they come out. I am an easy target. I've seen every Disney Plus show. I I'm in it. But I also agree it's killing uh, cinema. The, yeah. the the marketplace for cinema. I think it's it's one of those uh, bitter bittersweet you know, pills for me because I'm, I'm a big fan of these movies, but I agree it does kill the competition and the variety in the marketplace for movies and what people want to see. 
You know, I we mean, talked about it off yeah. of this about how you finally saw everything uh, everywhere all at once. Like, yeah, yeah. Which is a really great movie. It's like kind of like a diamond in the rough, but like, and it got the attention. And sometimes these little movies come out that get the attention, but even then, it has to be such a wild premise with action that people kind of have to be like, "Oh, I'll see that" because it kind of reminds me of the elements that I love in these big movies. I don't know. Yeah, I'll get. I'll pull back to. I'll, I'll get back to this canon connection because now it's also reminding me that like, uh, it that that one of the problems with marvel movies is that it is the element of like beware of what you wish for because like it's not that i wasn't a comic i I loved comics growing up that's i still am staring at my official handbook of the marvel universe and the who's who in the dc universe uh encyclopedias over here i have all original issues of them uh it's the only thing i kept from my comic collection because i like facts but you're wearing your alpha flight I uh, oh man, I am such. I've t-shirt. got a puck tattoo because uh, <laughs> I just love that little guy just spinning around like a hockey puck. Um, he had no superpowers; he just was agile. Uh, but uh, always the go-to for like a disappointing character. It's just like, yeah, he's got better agility. Whatever, we can't come up with something for him. <laughs> he worked in the circus for a while. Um, uh, you know, when I was a kid, reading Wizard magazine. Oh, reading yeah. like Comic Confidential and having the list of like here are all of the fucking uh, superhero movies in production, yeah. and then when you get to that age where you realize shit, none of them are in production. That's just them just like throwing IP around, and at the time not realizing that one of the people throwing those IP around was Menachem Golan and and, and Yoram Globus, and just throwing IP around seeing what could stick, see what they could actually make. And no one gave a fuck about Marvel movies. No one gave a fuck about comic movies. And at that point, if you had told me and all of us, hey, they're going to make the biggest movies out of these things you, you fucking saw and wanted to see, that will happen. You would be like, that's the best. This is a dream. It is the same as when I remember as, you know, like junior high or, you know, or leaving college or, or getting into college, leaving college, I was like, I remember saying once to my friend, man, don't you wish you had like a crystal ball where you could just like, you don't have to catch up with them, but you could just see what happened to every jackass you went to high school with. <laughs> just like look into it and like yeah. you just get the update every couple of years. You'll just be like, oh, that person got, you know, ugly. Oh, that person is attractive. Oh, that person made something out of themselves. Oh, that person didn't. And then we got it. And it was called Facebook and Instagram. And it's our new hell. There is a parallel with that. Because it's not like I don't look at Instagram 20,000 times a day. and, And it's not like I don't watch most Marvel movies. It's all the Disney shows that started to kill me where I was just like, okay... Yeah. And having a child where eventually I was like, I'll catch up with him. Like, um, and so it, it, it is this complicated relationship. And there's a reactive relationship, too, with, again, to all sides of the coin of fandom and hatred for that makes me just not want to even get involved in the conversation of Marvel. Because yeah. my answer most of the time is just like, they're fun. Yeah. I don't know. What, you don't like fun sometimes? And that you don't think about it too much after you're done watching it. Like, whatever. Like, you don't like to ride a roller coaster now and then and, you know, then go home. What, you don't like the Mission Impossible movies? 
I stand behind. I still know what the fuck's going on in those movies, and I'll watch every single fucking one. The moment it's done, I'm like, wait, which one did I just watch again? But I had a good time. Exactly. Now, how it, again, how I think these are like canon films is that, like, it's, you know, it's a rare breed, and I'm going by, you know, our fan base and our numbers sometimes. It's a rare breed that really loves canon films, like, and really even understands them, but, like, it's not like. It's only a badge of honor for a certain tiny subset of human being to be like, I know all the aspects of the American Ninja, like five piece. Yes. Um, uh, And and it's not uh, if you're in like a film school. Like, that's kind of how I felt at film school. Like, there were elements where I was just like, I can't talk as much. And I should have been because then maybe I would have actually gotten a job in film. We've talked about before, if I had been like, actually, what I really care about most of the time is genre. Like, what I really give a fuck about is that and not really like indie films. Like, uh, yes, I love Herzog, but I don't need to make a Herzog movie. (laughs) Like, it's not for me. Yes. uh, And I just think there is a uh, to certain people, there's a uh, you're not winning any friends by saying like you're a Marvel fan to some people and this definitely with yeah. Canon um, combined with, you know, the, so this is, this is the Iron Man three is the Shane black one. Like, yeah. And it, I don't, it, and it, I don't know. It's fun. I think it's fun to watch the Marvel movies and find a way to also not be so invested in it. Like, because also my last watch. Them. Yes. Cause I just think like it goes along with the same thing we have said, like there's a validity to everything of people complaining about them. That's destroying cinema, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, it, it you know, it, it, uh, uh, kind of, uh, sometimes gives like a thumbs up, to a police state, carceral state, um, uh, because it's a giant, yes, because it's a giant, but also that's all of Canon films. Mm -hmm. And I just am not the person who will be like, get them out of here. Like, because (laughs) I mean, speaking of, and kind of just briefly connected to Canon, you know, these one went to go see Cobra. Yeah. Uh, at the new Beverly, uh, two o'clock matinee. Real dumbass. I went on the Thursday because I was convinced <laughs> that it was on Thursday. I drove all the way down there, sat on the street, and then realized, fuck, I have 40-minute drive home because I blew it. Yeah. But but you were like banged on the doors, and you're like, Quentin. Yes. I'm here. You show <laughs> it to me now. Yo, get me a pizza slice. <laughs> Let show me. <laughs> but. Uh, show you my feet. Man, it was awesome. Uh, shout out to anyone who was at that screening. Shout out to the New Beverly for showing a two o'clock screening of fucking Cobra. Um, I think I told you, I usually do get kind of annoyed when people like will watch like a movie like Cobra and there's maybe like too much laughing and too much clapping. Cause I'm just like, it's either like someone being like, I get it. Like, or they're watching it ironically. And I'm like, no, Yeah, they're doing MST3K, but they're not funny. Yes. And especially if they're like alone, like mm, yeah. maybe well, the guy in front of me laughed too much, and I was like, "Jesus, buddy, you're killing me." I remember here. when Monster Squad I saw before it was out on DVD, and they showed a print. And this was in Dallas, and there were so many people trying to do that. And once one guy started, a bunch of people started. And I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah. It's like I don't need to hear you commenting on when they show the mummy to be like, 
brush your teeth, bitch. Ugh, and it's yes. like, shut up. The nice realization that most people aren't that funny and yeah. shouldn't be MST3K'ing it. Um, but yeah, no, it was awesome to watch a pretty like half dirty print. Like I was like, oh, this I don't like clean prints, so kind of be related to Iron Man three watching it. I'll say that later. Um, <laughs> but uh, and uh, I think I texted you too. It made me realize how great the incidental music is. Hearing it on an actual movie theater setup, I was like, yeah. man, the fucking hospital scene incidental music is so good. And though I I do truly believe like it showed that like if anyone was there ironically, I was like one people are laughing and clapping at the right times like it's it's exciting and you want to clap when Stallone when fucking Cobretti walks on, and <laughs> yeah. you should laugh when he's cutting the fucking pizza with a scissor, and you should laugh at him not with him at his hamburger improv improv yeah. it doesn't make any <laughs> sense when you're watching it with people and it it reeked even more that brigitte was just like what are you we talking about with this she improv? Goes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was her response to that like uh, i'm not gonna yes and this she yes she did the the thing you don't want to happen with a seed partner in a seed <laughs> um because you know you're on the wrong track but it was <laughs> awesome for me, it was awesome because I was watching and I was like, man, like Cobra weirdly is like my, uh, I certainly have these as well with the normal ones, but it's like equivalent of my like Back to the Future where it's like, that's the movie I watched as a young kid. I'm like, yeah. no, I watched Cobra very young. And I, and I think I've told you when we did that Cobra episode, that was the one where I was like deathly sick in Florida and my brother went to go see it with my dad. Right. So I never got to see it. I just heard his crazy retelling of the movie, which sounded awesome. So I've never seen it in a movie theater. So I was like, it was like I, 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 I solved a problem in my life. But it was awesome to watch people shut up when it was awesome. Because it was yeah. just like, yeah. That hospital scene is tense, and Brigitte's doing a good job, and it feels like a horror movie. No one's laughing. Everyone's into it. Same with the car scenes where you're like, yeah, they're awesome. They're ridiculous, but awesome. God bless places like New Beverly who show these old prints because – I I'm there's so many movies like the first movie I was ever taken to was E.T. And of course, I don't remember that because I was a few like, I don't know, not even a year old. Yeah. At that point. But I got to see it in the big screen on an original print. And I was like, this is awesome. And I cried my eyes out. Yeah. Same with like Monster Squad when that came, you know, when it wasn't available, but they were like touring it. And then uh, recently I saw, oh, Ghostbusters. That's like one of those things where it's like. I wish it, it's one of those moments where like when you watch an older movie that maybe you didn't get to see in the theater mm-hmm. and you're like, I wish I could have been there for the moment that the reveal of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, when you're yeah. not expecting it at all and you're like, holy shit, this is so wild. Like yeah. you don't see it coming and this giant marshmallow. Like, before it's reaction? become a cultural like zeitgeist thing, before it's become like a reference point, yeah. you'd like to see that i mean that's again like cobra on the much lower level my brother was like describing it. i was like wait what what is that like and i'm not gonna like to tie it back to marvel like i love moments like that because like when i saw endgame in the theater mm-hmm. the moment that uh that thor's hammer gets into captain america's hand and the audience went crazy and then when 
all of them come back with Doctor Strange's portals and they they fight Thanos's army. I was like, to be in a theater where everybody's just like losing their shit. Yes, it's, it's fun. It's fun. When people complain about those moments when I, that like I like maybe like even like saying I, I said my whole spiel about Marvel, but I still tear up watching them sometimes because it's yeah. that giant feeling of you know it, it's the frustration too of being like man. It may be cheesy, but like whatever one it is where like all the female like heroes come together in one yeah, shot that, and you're like, yeah. oh, it's cheesy, but also made me feel like, yeah, OK. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like it's and, you know, Twitter's going to complain about it. You know, oh, the yeah. fucking video nerd contrarian. Uh, it's the same people who'd be like, yeah, I knew Blair Witch was fake. Even when right. I watched it in the fucking theater the first time, it's like, OK. But my like, one friend Joe didn't think it was fake, and he was freaking out. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, yes, it's corny, but who cares? It's like, yeah. what does it affect? All I mean, if if some, I don't know, like, say some little girl in the Midwest or in a southern state or whatever sees that, because she usually doesn't get to see, like, even though it feels like ham-fisted female empowerment, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. It's like some people aren't, you know, exposed to that. And that could actually mean something to somebody yeah. who doesn't get that exposure. And it's like to us, we're like, oh, boy, this is really ham-fisted. But it's like it's not that way for everyone. Sometimes moments get too. worked in, just like in canon movies, like in horror I movies. I think people love these blockbusters and love like stuff like canon because it's an escape, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it's either way I'm interested that we're talking about Iron Man 3 like I was yeah. like watching it and I was just like wow this is such a different movie than we've ever talked about like yeah. Um, different yeah and I was almost like how do I wrap my brain around how we talk about movies with Iron Man 3 and in some ways I was like Frankel guide me like a yeah. bit like just because i it just I, I i have a trust in you i mean with iron man 3 like what is your gut, like before even rewatching it like what is your gut reaction with it i liked it when it came out but i you know like i said i i'm a shane black fan so being a shane black fan and also a marvel fan it's one of those things where it's like a little bit of love-hate because it's like I see Shane Black's style come through this a lot. There's a lot of Shane Black yeah. tropes, even reuses of lines, you know, uh, yeah. that came before um, uh, the good, the nice guys. Almost said the good guys, the nice guys. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I mean, like it's it's people say this is well. They say Iron Man 2 is the worst of the Iron Man movies, but they really don't want to also give credit to Iron Man 3 because they're like, he's not even in the suit most of the time. And it's like, but at the end, you get all the fucking suits. Right. So who gives a shit? Right. Also, it's like, I like I like it because you get that Shane Black tone to it. And then also that it's more about Tony Stark and him figuring out. That's what it brings that Shane Black one, what we talked about before with Shane Black about the machismo meets reality. Yep. Hubris meets the the result of it. Yep. And then also um the 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 grounding of it, the mm-hmm. grounding of the violence, the grounding of like these situations, because it's a Marvel movie, it's big, he's a superhero, but then there are consequences that we have to deal with and there are things that like 
right away at the beginning where he's like, I'm the best. And then he gets like hit and it falls apart and it's like, oh yeah, you're, you're a jackass. Yes. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what I couldn't remember. Cause that's the other, you know, uh, problem plus and maybe it's depending on who watches the marvel movies like because there's so many it does start to and that's one of the reasons i stopped was this we've talked about this before i think the same reason i kind of stopped reading comics where i was just like i can't read everything and and yeah. and, and 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 that there would be like if you're reading a long storyline there's going to be an issue or two that are just like fine like they're doing yeah. something a little different or they're trying to get from point A to point C and 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 combined with, you know, Shane Black saying that uh, they didn't want a lot of scenes that I think work in a Shane Black way. They didn't want to like exposition scenes Yeah. in this. They just wanted it to just be like, you're going to just go on it and it'll get explained as at, through action and uh, uh, choices. Um, but... Uh, and so it it can it can get a little mushy. Where even that, when you're like, yeah, oh, people yeah. didn't like Iron Man two, but they maybe had this feel on Iron Man three. And I've you know I I'd start to lose track because I'm like I have to have all my memory used for canon movies and giallos, <laughs> and like I just can't. It it felt the same as again when I'd be reading and I'd be like, I don't even know what's going on in X Men anymore. Like right. I'm trying to understand Inferno. I don't really get who Madeline Pryor is. And yeah. when you explain it to me, it still doesn't make sense, which yeah. kind of works for the labyrinthian plot style of Shane Black. Because I think that's the interesting part of it. I forget when it came out, I didn't really, I think, click in my brain. I was just like, it's a Marvel movie, not necessarily a Shane Black movie. Yeah. And it is a Marvel movie first. Let's not. Well, it's it, it definitely is, yes. Yeah. But it is also surprisingly Shane Black. Yeah. And I guess it's somewhat of realizing, like, okay, one, if he is a uh he's a he's a writer who lives in genre and pulp, like that's what comics are. Most of it's like action superhero comics, Marvel is like genre and pulp. And then you've got your writers who are, you know, uh, trying to shift it to something else. But ultimately, you're right. pulling back to Shane Black wants to do Doc Strange. I mean, Doc Savage. I would love a Shane Black Doctor Strange movie. I'm also the the <laughs> pain in the ass. You've heard me say this where I'm like, Doctor Strange is my favorite Marvel movies. Because yeah. um, I like to be a dick as well in my not having an opinion. <laughs> Uh, it's the closest to watching a Marvel Jodorowsky film. It's insane. Right. It's like Holy Mountain meets a fucking Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it is also interesting watching it in the context for this podcast because I was like, much like my wife's question of like, where does the Christmas come from in this? Is it Shane Black or is it Marvel wanting to have a Christmas movie, even though this came out in April? Yeah. Um, it's It's... It's it's hard to see because it lives in the genre which parts are Marvel and you got to fit in that Kevin Feig Feige Feige Feige, Feige yogurt um, world and what part is Shane Black and also why he's on there because you know uh, Robert Downey was just like oh Favreau's out 
it's got to be Shane Black. Fucking kiss, kiss, bang, bang, baby. Yeah. There's a reason he works well or, you know, works with Shane Black in that certain way is like, it's very hard to see the line between Robert Downey and what is, what's Robert and what's Shane Black yeah. as well. Like, because it's, it's like we were talking about with Last Boy Scout where you're like, oh, Bruce Willis is actually pretty good at delivering Shane Black lines. And Robert Downey's even better at it. Better, yeah. But to the point where it feels like it's Robert Downey, not Shane Black. If that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Um, sort of, yeah. Just because it's like things I would attribute, maybe even before thinking about in these terms, to Robert Downey Jr., I now am like, wait, no, but that's a Shane Black style line. Mm-hmm. Like, did he just take Shane Black shit and up it? Uh, it's hard to tell. It's like all these fine lines. So, like, Shane Black almost doesn't make sense and then does completely make sense in the world of Iron Man at this right. point. But it would have to only be Iron Man because of his relationship with Downey. Because I don't think that he could tackle another Marvel property. I don't think it would be, it would, the tone would be right. No, especially because. I mean, also watching this, you know, we've said this every time. I've always known this. And it's the weird part of, like, really liking Shane Black, but also somehow not knowing anything about him completely. Like, he seems hidden. Yeah, I was just like, man, Shane Black is really dark. Like, what is his deal? Like, does he... Is he an alcoholic slash was he was he in recovery? Is he like just because like Tony Stark is an alcoholic, that's why it yeah. makes sense. Tony Stark has PTSD. Shane Black is obsessed with PTSD and trauma. Uh and not in the not in the modern Halloween version of trauma right. like we've talked about. But uh, again, as you've said many times of doing Shane Black Christmas in this machismo, but with a f- faultiness version of, of machismo. We're also watching this for the first time. I was just like, wait, would Shane Black, the character we know of Shane Black, be pro-therapy or against therapy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because yeah. like, it's like the acknowledgement that we're all human beings. No one is above the fray. Even superheroes are human beings. But the problem isn't solved necessarily by therapeutic means in any of his movies. They either go deeper into being alcoholics or they just decide to be healthy, kind of. And even that, you're like, that's not completely true. (laughs) Well, did you see the the stinger on this? Oh, I I forgot to go to the post. What is the post? It's a kind of a meta post credit scene. Uh, sorry to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but it's it's also Iron play. Man three, the yeah, like fifth Iron Man three, it's biggest movie old. that's ever existed. <laughs> yeah, um, but it explains the voiceover, the very Shane Black voiceover. Basically, it's kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Right, how he's doing the voiceover, uh, but at the end, it's it looks like Tony is having therapy. He's sitting down on a couch. And we reveal that he's been talking to Bruce Banner, but Bruce Banner fell asleep. <laughs> and he like chides him for falling asleep. And he's like, "Where? how much of that did you hear? And he goes, uh, something about an elevator in um, Sweden. And he, he's like, you're useless. Um, 
So that was the that it was it was just that. I yeah, remember yeah. at the time people being pissed off, being like, Why didn't this tease another movie? And it was like it's a shawarma, you know, yeah. post credit. Yeah. I think that's right. Yes. That just means at Disneyland they'll have like one door that leads to Bruce Banner therapy. Right. <laughs> that's it. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just so interesting thinking about Iron Man because th- I just I never I think about it as just the lump of the movies. And I'll be like, oh, this one's good. This one's okay. This one's fine. Like, and like thinking about it in terms of Shane Black and that we've gone on such a deep dive with him. Just, I, I'm, I'm interested. I feel like I'm going to feel more confused about Shane Black. Oh, okay. And just like that, I'm not, like, I know exactly, I, I understand him more. And you have actually helped more to understand his <laughs> themes and stuff like just having like the th- the like figuring out the Shane Black stuff, but also I don't know he's just such a weird enigma to me. <laughs> I mean, you see a lot of I saw some canon parallels for sure, where he's like pulling from like the the action movie tropes and stuff and mm-hmm. putting it inside of this. I mean, there's literally a complex that feels like Valverde. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? I mean, that's not canon. That's Commando and all that. But like making feels- Mandarin. Into essentially a Val Verde terrorist where he's like, Dude, I'm yeah. any terrorist global USA sort of thing. Exactly. And like the 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 filming of a VHS tape, you know, on the screen and giving it that look where it's up close and like giving it that stylized. And then the violence in it too. Yeah. Where he shoots somebody in the head and he's just like, there's a lot of like gun violence in this and right. it's like also like mean sometimes and it's like <laughs> yeah. that's Shane Black, you know? Yes. Which is also canon. Like it's like Yeah. It's funny that like while I was waiting for my wife to get out of tucking my kid into bed doing like the final tuck in parts, I I wrapped up this was the other kid that was wrapped up watching Invasion USA again on yeah. Tubi because <laughs> it's out. And me, yeah. My God, I just like so much joy that movie brings me like every single second but i was like oh yeah it's like i'm just going into like an even bigger budget to some extent of invasion usa because even like when my wife was like tuning in with invasion usa she was just like so they're just like terrorists from everywhere yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's just a budget. If you're disgruntled. If you ain't America, yeah, come on over. Get on that boat, man. Come on in. We're going to <laughs> Miami. Send you to Chicago. Fucking fuck some shit up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, it is uh, maybe also a canon thing where I was like, I think he handles it better. But we've kind of talked about how, like, the Shane Black themes can be both on the nose and maybe, like, yeah, a little obfuscated. Like you're a little bit like, what exactly are you saying in this yeah. mishmash? And that's a candid vibe. Cause again, Invasion USA, you're just like, it's Norris's Reader's Digest version. And the Mandarin kind of is a Reader's Digest version of 9 11, post 9 11 world. It's that thing where you see happen in today's society, Jeff. <laughs> no, but really it is where like people fixate on this bigger kind of what they seem to think is a threat when that threat is actually happening on a smaller scale right in front of them. Right. And you're like, wait a minute, you're afraid of this kind of like nebulous kind of maybe not really a threat, but could be a threat when there's actual threats happening in front of you that are basically the same exact thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. What's going on? Right. People <laughs> obsessed with groomers. <laughs> Yes. And you're like, we've got them. There's like a list we have that are Your like kid legitimate. Isn't getting groomed at a fucking drag brunch? No, don't idiot. bring him to the. Don't bring him to church. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I grew up. You know what? I went to a Catholic church where the priest molested little boys. Right. I don't see. I don't see those same people I see posting on fucking Facebook about groomers. <laughs> right. Up in arms about Father Rudy and what he did. I think that's the funny part. It is like thinking in terms of canon that that's kind of like, like if you picture that, like I was reading, like, you know, the Mandarin is like one of the, like the number one Iron Man villains. Yeah. And in theory was going to be in the first one, but they were like, well, it's too big for the first one. We have to like, you know, uh, get into this thing, set it up, et cetera, et cetera. And then by the time they got to it, they also, uh, you know, in that, kind of canon style wherewithal we're like hmm yeah the mandarin might be a little quote-unquote like fu manchu like because that's literally like yeah. a little problematic in how the original character is anyways so we'll just make it any valverde like basically terrorist and yeah. at this point we're like he was too big for the first one and now we're also going to the theme makes sense but also is funny that they're worried about how big of a character he was, and then they make it that he's not even the real Mandarin. He's a right, fake character they came up with. Which they've retconned. Right. Now with Shang-Chi, because uh, they're like, oh, wait, we actually have um, Asian writers, Asian American writers. We finally got around and, to that. <laughs> yeah, we finally did that. We have people who uh, can handle this stuff because it's their experience, and they right. know how to... To, to do this with, uh, you know, proper lens while honoring the comics, but still updating it. So, like, now, because of that, it's been retconned and the Ten Rings or the... Wait, is it Ten Rings? I, I think Ten Rings. Yeah, I'm... See, I've, I'm a big Marvel fan, but... You don't know what's like, going on. But, yeah. Yeah, it... It it is also funny that they they ultimately like were like oh yeah he's got those rings they don't do anything in this one it's like the one right. thing I remember from the Mandarin like in the Ooh. official handbook of the Marvel Universe each of those rings has a different power um, and now they're like big like like wrist rings yeah I I haven't even seen that one yet more because of the <laughs> the gemstones of you know oh man yeah I mean that's the other part that we've all said before is that all this stuff does. This is the bad part. All this stuff also is going along with what lawyers are deciding and like schedules. <laughs> if you have yeah. this many movies and this amount of money, uh, it's not artistic choices here. Um, but yeah, it is just funny that they kind of made the Mandarin like a little bit of a canon choice where you're like, solve oh, yeah. one problem, maybe created other problems. Like, made it like it, it both does do the job that we're all afraid of this made up thing, but not the real thing in front of us but then also somehow feels problematic in its own way. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of, like, to me, the broadness of Guy Pierce's going completely Jim Carrey and Batman forever-esque, you know, start where you're like, oh, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, and he's, like, got a limp, and he's got... It's a real choice. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty big. Um, And then, like, the the, his main kind of bad guy, his main toady, his main... uh, you know, kind of being like the silent kind of like tough guy. Yeah. There's like a lot of kind of like things that felt familiar. The fact that the last scene takes place like on an oil rig type of yeah. thing. I 
Were those Guy Pierce's real teeth when he got to be the cool version of that character? I think so, yeah. They still looked like he was wearing fake teeth because the way he was making himself talk in both of those ways. Right. It was when just you can't get yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah, the yeah. Guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I it it, it uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like it's like and and you know, but I also feel like a kind of like chicken or the egg situation. Like I think sometimes people like will say like with the Marvel movies, like there's just like too much going on. Like you know, but oh, then yeah. it's like in this one, it definitely is a Shane Black stock because I was like at a certain point, I was like I don't exactly know what the plan is here. Like completely, <laughs> like I don't yeah. really know what Guy Pierce is doing with AIM, like and, <laughs> and I'm like I know rocks and oil is bad in the comics, but is it going to be yeah. good or will it turn into this? And it's it's kind of interesting that they give up the ghost on what the Mandarin is like pretty quick in the grand scheme of the runtime, yeah. uh, which is uh, kind of like twenty four f- hours long. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is a pre three hour Marvel movie. Also, uh, pre. I think at this time, this is like the first movie of the of phase two. We're just ending phase four right now. Crazy. Uh, where we're at. But like, yeah, 10 years ago and maybe two Marvel movies came out in a year and that was considered too much. And now it's like literally every four months or five months, there's a, a new. Yeah. Not even that. Like if you count the Disney Plus shows, basically every other month you have a Marvel and Star Wars thing to watch. You know, I'm sitting here trying to find a good transfer of Charles Bronson's Violent City. You know, like, and then, like, being annoyed that Tubi has a a weird one that feels like it's cutting out a frame every couple seconds. Oh, yeah. I could not watch it. I will say, with that, what I was kind of saying before with that Cobra print, like, I don't like... well, one, I was happy that it was only two hours and ten minutes. I was, like, worried that we yeah. set ourselves up for, like, a three-hour Marvel movie I forgot about. There's something in how Disney Plus translates stuff on my TV that doesn't look great. Like, oh, I, I think we talked about this. Yeah. I think and I thought were, I fixed it with the four, yeah. like it's on the 4K, 4K UHD, whatever. It still will sometimes look semi-soap opery and like how oh. they, like I just, it bums me out. Like I'll just end up realizing I don't like want to watch stuff on there as much anyways with the Marvel thing. That's but. weird, Jeff. I think... It must be a setting on your TV or something. I definitely think it is. I don't. I look. I like to complain about things and not fix them. So, uh, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, ultimately, I enjoy this movie. It really is like shocking how little he is Iron Man. Like yeah. it truly. Like if someone's really upset about that, like I was like watching. I was like, is this like me complaining about? Halloween ends where you're like, where the fuck is <laughs> this like, guy? Barely in this shit. I mean, because it is like weird. If you set yourself Poor. up to think you're going to watch a new Iron Man movie, and you're mostly watching a Tony Stark movie, and those are the in in that the Tony Stark stuff is more Shane Black, yes, style. Um, uh, it you know, and yes, it is that they you get every fucking armor at the end, uh. But it is shock. Like it's like you know, it it. I guess it's helped that it's a shorter movie. Um, for that, for people, if what they're coming for is the Iron Man of it all. Uh, but no, it really is mostly about the three way relationship between him, Pepper, and and his psychoses slash his suits. Like yeah. you know, 
her getting angry at him tinkering and not sleeping. Um, although I mean, they that, need some that, couples counseling. I'm just at this point. Yeah. Like, well, because that that scene where the suit almost like explodes her, so right. explodes her. <laughs> I, I'm getting a lot of sleep these days. Yes. Uh, but yeah, when it almost like fires its um, pulsar, yeah. pulsar thing at it, uh, at her, and like that shit is scary. It'd be like I'd be pissed off too, being like, "Dude, you need to get your shit together." Yeah, you almost killed me. Yeah, stop making new suits that <laughs> you can't yeah. control. Uh, stop working on that and work on this. Thank you. Um, I also will say I realize not like we, you know usually we do our whole stats and everything, but I don't feel like we need necessarily to do set. You can if you I want, mean, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, came it out, cost you know, an uh, unbelievable amount of money, and it made an yes, unbelievable made a, amount of money. All the money, yeah, it came out May third, uh, two thousand thirteen, and co-written by Drew Pierce and Shane Black, of course, and Shane Black directed it. Budget of two hundred million, worldwide gross of one point two billion. Crazy. And where do you think this landed, Jeff? Numero uno. Correct. Yep. <laughs> nothing, nothing that beat it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think this is what Shane Black had to say about it. Um, or no, actually, this is what... Oh, yeah. About it being set at Christmas time. This is what Drew Pierce said about it being uh, set at Christmas time. When you're telling a story about taking characters apart... It almost has more resonance if you put it at Christmas. And if you're also telling a story about lonelier characters as well, that loneliness is heightened at Christmas. And then Black also felt that the character Harley Keener, who was played by, what was her name? Uh, who was kind of a big actor for a while. Uh, wait, which one was Harley Keener? The 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 former girlfriend, Rebecca uh, Rebecca Hall. Hall. Who's now in yeah, like yeah. so many like indie horror films and is in Christine yeah. and like, oh um, right yeah, yeah. Uh, but that she her character's supposed to embody the ghost of the Christmas past for a start. <laughs> yeah, I think Black said. I think it's a sense of if you're doing something on an interesting scale that involves an entire universe of characters, one way to unite them is to have them all undergo a common experience. There's something at Christmas that unites everybody. Already sets the stage within the stage that wherever you are, you're experiencing this world together. I think that also there's something just pleasing about it to me. That is also uh, an article in Duh Magazine. Uh, if you know anything about Shade Black, like it's yeah. just like I read that and I was like, that is the pull quote for every Shane Black publicity Shane Black movie. movie. Yeah. Also, with uh, I mean, with a capital S and a capital B, Shane Black, you have precocious child. Precocious child, man. Ty Sim- uh, what's his name? Ty uh, Simpkins. Yeah, or? from like the Insidious movies. Yes. Uh, and he was set up so you know the whole thing about that was kind of a feige thing too which kind of if they couldn't get spider-man uh-huh and there's even a scene where he's talking to him and the kid has an outfit like his hoodie and stuff which are the spider-man colors right he was gonna be the like protege that they were gonna set up like i guess like iron lad or something like that okay that he could kind of groom (laughs) oh hello oh no (laughs) i mean that's again it's this whole movie shane black style is a very chicken in the egg situation like because if it's playing in genre and that's look uh, uh, comics are genre they know the genre 
Uh, Faget Yogurt knows the genre very well. <laughs> and so does Shane Black. And it's not... And, and then there's also sometimes the element of like, did Shane Black start this genre trope in Hollywood? And then they other people took it? Or is it that he was just pulling from the same exact genre source, etc.? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it... it it it's it's funny that you're like you're like yeah you'll just be constantly like wait what, that's clearly a Shane Black idea you see that kid come in and you're like here we go fucking Shane Black precocious kid and then it's like wait no maybe he was just like oh you're having me do that like okay yeah. <laughs> um I maybe noticed it on looking at an insidious poster but like my wife looked up and she goes Harry like he looks <laughs> right. A fair amount, like like sometimes when I'll catch my son, like he has the same exact hair. There's something yeah. in his eyes, and it's just like he looks a lot like my son and kind of acts like him. So it was disconcerting <laughs> watching it this time as well. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is interesting. Like you're constantly, if you're looking, if you're watching this looking out for the Shane Black, you're like, yeah, is that his deal? Like I said, the Christmas stuff, because it is wild how much Christmas stuff is in this. Like, yeah. it's not just like background. They're always saying Merry Christmas to each other. Uh-huh. Like, there's always but gifts. Yeah, but yeah. it's Christmas. Like, it's just shit like that. You hear the background go, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Yeah, basically. Yeah, the hubber-gubber, hubber-gubber of the background yeah. actors. We're shopping at Christmas. It's Christmas time. We're in L.A. We're at the Chinese theater. <laughs> Man, yeah, I just, it's, uh, hey, really, we're at the, the fucking L.A. tourist spots uh, to blow up people. <laughs> Um, it's also very funny that they use Skype. Like I was like an out of date tech kind of like we moved past it. People Uh, still use Skype. I know, but Zoom somehow became the, it's the, it's the VHS versus Betamax. Zoom one, Zoom one, the VHS there. Um, but even like when, when Guy Pierce is like, let me show you my brain and like gets on the coffee table. I was like, that is the Shane Black swagger. Like there's uh-huh. just everyone has got a swagger in this movie. Like and 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 but that's the other part too. You're like, well, that's Iron Man movies, is that like him and Pepper get kind of quippy with each other. Him yeah. and Happy get kind of quippy with each other. But also you're like, but also that's just all Shane Black shit. <laughs> like uh-huh. it's so hard to tell. Well, it's a match made in heaven. It really. kind of is. Like, I mean, like, and that's why I'm like, okay, this is Hey, look, this is the Marvel for Jeff Garlock. <laughs> Might as well be lethal thing. weapon sometimes. And I think that's what people should just realize that like not every there's so there's so much Marvel content. There is so much now. Yeah. You can't it's lousy with it. You can't walk around without bumping your knee on a Marvel property. So if you don't like it, it may not be for you. Well also it's for somebody. Right. Like but not like I've complained about, it. you've heard me talk about Harry Potter. Like I have no interest in Harry Potter, but my my right. well, I will eventually, and and this is beyond J.K. Monster Rowling, but you know my son is named Harry, so it's like people bring it up all the time. Yeah. He wants to read it. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure eventually I'll have to like you know watch or read them. So that's why I always was <laughs> like, I'm not gonna watch these movies. But I think the only one I've watched was. There's one with a director. I maybe am semi interested. Like maybe Guillermo did Guillermo del Toro do one? No, Alfonso. Um, yeah, Alfonso Cuarón. I'm saying that wrong. 
uh, how do you say his last name? I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, letting my family down. Um, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> my, my poor Spanish. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, I mean, because he did Gravity and Roma and... Um, Children of Men. Uh, e tu Mama uh, Tambien. And yeah, of course, yeah, Ch- Children of Men. Pants so that's why I think I've only watched Prisoner of Azkaban, and I don't remember it. But I was just like, and and there, I guess the thing is, like, I've realized like there's so many different ways to watch, and one way to you could approach Marvel movies. Not that like they need us to give reasons for why people could watch them, but it becomes such a. I was realizing this watching it was like one of the reasons maybe I actually like enjoy. Iron Man 3 a little bit more in a certain way is like it all becomes IP it all becomes like you're just watching a mash of it like but you could do the same thing with like canon films where you're like it's just a canon film but then you're like no but this one is like John Frankenheimer this one's Jay Lee Thompson like aren't you interested to see how they will handle this sort of thing and in some way like that's where you like it's like remembering because like look uh, again we've maybe it's come up before it's like no offense to them obviously they don't need uh anyone i I don't think they're worried about anything i'm gonna say but i'm just like when you're watching like a there's something about like you're watching like a, a giant action movie that's directed by two comedy writers like, and then you're like, yeah, okay, like, great for the Russo brother. Like, I'm like, you know, they do good enough. But also, I didn't really remember the gray man the minute I was done watching right. it. Like, I was like, that was fun. More than a Marvel movie. I truly did not remember watching it. But if you sometimes remember, oh, this isn't just a bunch of jobbers. And it's not a bunch of Hollywood job. Like, sometimes it's like looking for like, oh, is there an interesting Shane Black isms you can see like how does Shane Black attach you know attack a Marvel movie um well that's yeah I mean for the most part I know the biggest criticism is they all feel the same and I think that's true to an extent but like Ryan Coogler you can feel his influence on Black Panther and then like also with like um Sam Raimi recently that's why I like the Doctor Strange movies I like the first one too because it like feels like there's something else going on and that got got a lot of criticism because they're like oh it's following the beats of Iron Man I was like yeah but it's still Scott Derrickson kind of putting his style on it it doesn't really and it's genre like that's the same thing with canon films like to me where it's just like sometimes if you watch and you don't picture who is the fucking director you're just like oh it's just doing the canon film shit and sometimes if you watch it and you're like, oh, but this is Jay Lee Thompson doing this. Yeah. It's also one of the reasons why we kept going to where we're like Messenger of Death is just kind of boring because I'm just like, but I like Jay Lee Thompson a lot. Like all yeah. of the elements just aren't adding up. Like it just is like, you know, they can't yeah. all be winners um, with a Charles <laughs> Bronson, Jay Lee Thompson, yeah. uh, except for like two seeds in Messenger of Death. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, 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 or even, you know, to bring up our dreaded pirates, the interesting, the only interesting part of watching pirates 
where you're like, it's Roman Polanski who did Rosemary's Baby trying to make right. this terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> the worst, still remains the oh. worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it really, truly is. And I've seen some real stinkers. Oh, boy. I... But at least those people were trying. This <laughs> yeah, is like... I think I might just specialize in stinkers sometimes. But I don't know. I just think it's sometimes like... And I know I'm saying this, I guess, that the like the, the, the heads for this shit get way up in arms. Like, like not being someone who gives that much of a fuck about Star Wars. I remember yeah. being re- people being really upset about that Ryan Johnson one. And I remember right. like being like, I don't even remember what happened in it that would have pissed you off. Exactly. Like, I truly oh, so was just much. like, whatever it was. And I was just like, I think I just watched like another Star Wars movie. And that's like antithetical to what I'm talking about. But that's the danger that they have. So if you want to ever, you know, actually like look at them, it's just acknowledging like, look, the truth is I like Shane Black movies. So there's something interesting to Shane Black doing a gigantic, you have more money than anything. As we talked about, he's this like underdog where the nice guys can just kind of hide. Like he's got access to do everything. He's not like complete underdog, but he's a weird underdog of Hollywood. Um, and I appreciate everything he does. Uh, uh, and, and and so yeah, I don't know. That is the int- like the the most interesting part of Iron Man three is watching it under this lens to see uh, again the same as we do with like these like fucking amazing directors and what they have what happens with canon like what happens when it's just like you might have had all the keys to the castle at one point now you have the keys to a totally weird different castle that's only a castle super strong with amazing defenses for a couple years before they're going to blow all their money promoting movies that don't come out at con and then blow it all by giving it to Stallone and weird deals. Um, But like, what do you do when you don't have all the keys to the castle? You've got canon money and you got to get it out. Uh, Sometimes you make a fucking awesome movie. (laughs) We should mention this because of the passing of uh, Albert Pion, yeah, who directed a canon, yes, um, Captain America movie, yes, crazy, and that that just came that the anniversary just happened for it apparently, and I, I saw a video that Nerdist did talking about it, which is really interesting. So if you're a canon head, Albert Pion head, uh, check that out, Marvel fan, yeah, check that out. Albert Piano almost did Spider Man. Yeah. Right at one point, or no, Zito almost did it, and then he used the sets from Spider Man, right? Oh, I thought Pion- maybe he no, did. Yeah. Z- no, no, you're right. Yeah. Joe Zito was supposed to direct it, yes, with Michael Dudikoff, yeah, <laughs> as Peter Parker, and then uh, Albert Pion reused because Pion was gonna do the, the sequel to Masters of the Universe, yes, which then turned into uh, Cyborg. Yes. And they used a lot of the leftover props that were going to be used for that movie and for Spider-Man. My spider sense is tingling. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Dude, a cough. Oh, get out of here, Mary Jane. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. If it was Judy Aronson as MJ. Oh. <laughs> now we're talking perfect. dreams. But who is Steve James in this? <laughs> He would be Rhodey. Oh wait, no, that's uh, I'm thinking of a Spider-Man. Yeah, 
Okay, so yeah, let's do this. Let's do a little <laughs> bit of fan fan casting here. If if, if they had made the the canon Spider Man movie, I think he would have been a great J Jonah Jameson. Oh man, he would have been awesome as J Jonah. Because I was yeah. sitting here trying to think of who his best friend is. So he maybe would have been what's his name Flash, oh, right. who became Flash a Thompson. Good, well, they started off as enemies and became friends. Maybe that's Flash Thompson. Yeah, right. He and could have been Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but him as Jay Jonah sounds awesome. Could you imagine yeah. that classic Jay Jonah Jameson rolled up white sleeves, but <laughs> yeah. fucking Steve James' jacked fucking body is yeah. pushing through. <laughs> and they put him in like a way too tight shirt while he's <laughs> screaming at Peter Parker. Back off, Jay. Of yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we just casted what would have been a fucking winner, and then the MCU wouldn't have to have existed because that would have fucking made some yeah. cash. And it would have been our Green Goblin would have been. It would have been like this movie where Green Goblin was the head of a Valverde like <laughs> terrorist organization, <laughs> and he had henchmen that all wore green. Yes. And then also for some reason he's a serial killer, and you're like, wait, what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do, Cannon? <laughs> um. Man, yeah, uh, I, yeah, here's a little holiday greeting. I just, again, realized the Chinese cookie story is so stupid to me a little bit. I don't know. It just got really tiring, that story. <laughs> it feels right. a little like, is that a Shane or is that a uh, Marvel? It's American invention. Yeah. It's hollow. Yeah. Again, it just feels like where you're like, I think I'm in on board with your theme, but this is like your football speeches in Last Boy Scout where I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Um, I just heard Rage Against the Machine and I have things to say. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Tony Stark really holds back a lot of technology from the world, huh? (laughs) Yeah, but that's the whole thing is like, in the, the new Black Panther movie, they deal with that too about being like, they withheld that technology or the vibranium because for the reason why they're going to use it as they're going to weaponize it. Right, right. Like he wants it because he knows what's going to happen to it if the government gets a hold of (laughs) it. You're right. It's the same Pepper speech uh, to Guy Pierce, where she's like, no, then I'll get weaponized, et cetera. Yep. Which is also, I guess, because it's, I mean, that's the confusingness of Tony Stark because it's antithetical to. I don't remember in the Civil War movies, but like what he kind of becomes, at least in the Civil War comics and what I remember, where he's like the one of like, we got to register, like we got to be on the government side. It's like, you know, basically talk about the Patriot Act, uh, which, uh, yeah, I remember that being, I remember when that came out for the first time. I remember Jay from Panthers and Orchid just being like, it's dumb genre stuff, but I mean, it's basically talking about the Patriot Act. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was like, not bad, Marvel. <laughs> like, um, but uh, uh, I think uh, character wise, one of the most Shane Black moves that is a huge plot point is, and you kind of said it before, like, he's pissed about happy and yeah. how he's just like, basically, like, here's my address. Like, I can handle it. Like, bring it on. And then within five seconds, his whole house he is gets, gone. <laughs> dude, that those scenes were so intense. I forgot how intense, like, that whole bombing scene is because it's just relentless. Mm-hmm. There are parts of this movie where just, like, when he's drowning, I started getting, like, Ugh, yeah, I can't, I can't handle drowning stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, I, get, I get too, it affects me way too much. Yeah. But does feel like and the it, sound design too is so awesome. Good. 
him power blasting that car into a fucking helicopter. Oh, yeah, helicopter. That's like opposite of cannon move. That's like we have <laughs> all the money in the world. Do what you want. Um, uh, and then he's like, can I have a car jump off a cliff? And they're like, we'll do you one better. I know you like that in all your movies. <laughs> we'll have it shoot at a helicopter. Uh, it, to me, felt like a Shane Black move to have the suit hand come off and then turn around and pull him, and like pull him make out, the yeah. suit into a kind of funny bull, uh, buddy comedy thing there. Well, uh, I mean, at a point, it does become a buddy cop comedy when uh, Rhodes, he's without his uh, suit as well. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to go to the like oil rig compound thing yep. to save Pepper. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this feels like a Shane Black buddy. That's, uh, yeah, I think I just know. realized I have Shane Black duo with his suit. Like, that's just yeah. like what it is. Classic Shane Black lines of, I just stole a poncho from a wooden Indian. Like, yep. <laughs> both the, again, problematic the and joke. kind of funny. <laughs> again, the Mexican joke where he looks Mexican when he, when he talked about the Tony Stark tattoo right. on Adam Pally. <laughs> totally forgot Bobby Pally Chisdale, was in this movie. Adam Pally, yeah. <laughs> Took me. A minute to even recognize it was him. Recognize? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, precocious kid with a potato gun. Uh, technically, you're dead. Like, that kid has just got lines for fucking days. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, tell me, uh, tell us, or tell us, and he'll stop doing it. Doing what? And he burns them with the gun. Nice guys. Nice guys. <laughs> nice yeah. guys, man. He reused that line for nice guys. We said it before, I think. But that is what I another thing I appreciate about Shane Black is he's actually not afraid of reusing his Shane Black shit. As right. someone who like every time I write a script or something, I'm like, everything's gotta be completely original. This has never happened and never said before. <laughs> and right. yet I'll find my Tumblr from like two thousand eleven and I'm like, I'm talking about all the same fucking things. I just have to admit <laughs> that I have like eight things I talk about. One of them is Canon films. Yeah. Um it's uh, do you find it hard to uh watch Paltrow now in a movie and yeah. not like associate her with all of her goop bullshit and like co opting of spirituality and her paying you know uh shilling for uh uh you know trying to help out Rick Caruso and everything? It's, she's such a gateway to rich white women turning cute, like, yeah. And she's not she's not that, but it's that whole like health um. The whole goop thing, and it, it, it's such a weird gateway for people who like. When I was in, want to do this? Like they're talking about drinking. Uh, what was it? The, the other? Oh, how Lyme disease is actually good for you, and right? Like all this other shit. I, she didn't say that, but it's like of that. But I was at like a Rite Aid, and one of those like little things at the end of the aisle, she had at least her face attached to some like carbon or no, a, a copper wire glove to like help you out with conductivity sort of bullshit and i was like that's like old wives tale bullshit like you you're the my pillow guy like that's a my pillow right. guy like that's like just like fucking oxyclean like sort of equivalent like <laughs> but like now i'm just like that's not even like high end that's just like at the end of an aisle next to the lip balm in a right aid like level yeah uh mandarin's fake oh yeah it's like i did like that it felt like a Shane Black move, like how he portrayed it, that it felt like Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin was almost like a moon over Parador slash Dave 
like style situation where it's kind of like comical. Yeah. It could have been Kevin Klein or Richard Dreyfus right. playing that yeah. part. Um, I thought he did a good job with that. He was very funny. What I Trevor I Slattery. Yeah. I what I know he said I read that he wanted the voice to be like he's like a teacher and he's kind of like a general voice like when he uses the Mandarin voice, but th- there's something about the Mandarin yeah. voice that seemed odd. It sounded like Edward R. Murrow or something. Yes, it did, yeah. <laughs> once I had that in my brain, I was like, I can't... Re- or Walter Cronkite. He's like, yeah. the news today. Terrorism. Right. Hollow. <laughs> lies. Full of lies. Uh, what was it the one he said? Uh, there's one line he said that I thought was... Your graduation. Yes. There's a couple of word pronunciations where like, oh, you're making a choice here too. That's great. Um, it's like, a, again, it's like chicken or the egg with the labyrinthian Shane Black plots. Because by the time we got to Tennessee, I kind of forgot why we were in Tennessee. Yeah. Like, I knew why the suit flew there because Jarvis had set up the coordinates but then I was like, wait, but why did you want to be in Tennessee in the first place? Oh, right. These human soldier bombs. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. what this movie is about. Uh, it's, you know what? It felt yeah. like a... Sorry. No, I was just going to say it, it continues with, like, what can be one of the problems to me of Marvel is uh, where both, like, this is one where people could be like, why is there not as much Iron Man in here? And this is like, no, because this is, like, the middle issue in a long series yeah, um, I mean, it's the old Superman, you know, doesn't want his powers or Spider-Man doesn't want his powers. Right. Uh, but it does feel like a little more complicated in that way where you start to lose like, wait, wait I don't it, it, it was at the end a little bit like I was like, I don't really know what this movie was about <laughs> comic wise. Like I know about the journey of Tony Stark. And ultimately, I guess that's the most important part. Yeah, that he's more than his suits. Right. But then if you tell, it's again, more Mission impossible where I'm just like, I don't really know what, there was something about AIM and there's like bomb people, but who knows? <laughs> there's a lot of Christmas. That's all I could tell you. <laughs> the, it's just a very Shane Black line when uh, he's talking to the kid and the kid says, shadows go to heaven and no shadows go to hell. Yes. You know, the, there's a reason why there's only five shadows. Yes. Very Shane Black line. Along with, yeah. you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? <laughs> like, But again, <laughs> right. is or is that a very Robert Downey line? Like, it's very yeah. hard to tell. Yeah, uh, sweetheart, that could be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> yes, very much fucking <laughs> a, a, a Shane Black line. I mean, again, with the Christmas of it all, it's amazing that you're like, man, there's a lot of Christmas. Oh, there's a lot of trees. Much like Invasion USA, where you'll be like, oh, yeah, there's some decorations like on that houses are blowing up. And then you're like, oh, right. Fuck it. He goes to a mall that's decorated for Christmas and plows everyone over and shoots everyone. And this, you're like, oh, you're going to have an entire set piece in a Christmas tree lot. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's so Christmassy. Um, Handcuff fight is very good. Yeah. Um, Why does that one... Uh, woman soldier have like a fright wig haircut that he also comments on nice haircut i think she just has it it's just but it's the fact that he pointed it out 
made me wonder if we're supposed to get something out of it being a uh, but also i was like maybe that was the style at the time i forgot about it, it is it was the style it is a little bit of that tina fey hair ish you know oh that's right a later than that yeah but like I feel like it was a style at the time, but also I think it's just Shane Black kind of trying to make his villains have some kind of like quirk to them. Right, right. And hers is her hair with the the face too. Yep. Uh, I loved seeing Miguel Ferrer uh, fucking as the vice president, the bad vice president. Oh, yeah. Uh, Look, I got to say it. War, it's fantastic. Best line (laughs) delivery that's ever existed. (laughs) Um Although that's, you know, like, come on, we, we've seen this. Uh, nothing's going to happen to him. Oh, I mean, nothing's truly, that is the main, that's the biggest takeaway I have is that that's all bullshit. You're not arresting yeah. the vice president and actually anything's going to happen. You're not even arresting nope. the vice president. That part is the most fantastical part of this entire fucking movie, especially yeah, now. any kind of uh, weapons for anybody in office. Please forget about it. Um, uh. Sorry, let's uh let's move our soapboxes for a moment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um uh love again, you think that they're not gonna have more Christmas and they're at a Miss Christmas pageant oh, <laughs> with yeah. Bobby Tisdale, I believe, as the uh yep, Bobby announcer. Tisdale. Yep. Uh a classic NYC comedian. Um uh-huh. uh yeah, uh, Lady from Lost was in there briefly. Yeah. Did she, she come back in like, another one? No. I feel like they cut out Cause she's such a bigger actress, yeah. That it feels like she had a whole like storyline just cut because she only appears for that one scene. Yep, and we really don't see her again. It's like if you're going to use that talented of an actress from Lost, one of the biggest shows at that, that you know that yeah, just yeah. ended. It's like why would you just use her for one line? So I have a feeling because well, I guess the original cut was like three plus hours. So I think Rebecca I'm Hall said her pick. character had a lot more, and she kind of was like disappointed <laughs> in like it kind of got because it is like clunky. There's like she just kind of like comes in, comes out, um, is right? Quippy, like a little bit more. So it does feel like there's probably more. Um, yeah, it does. It, it it I was like maybe I don't remember her showing up in another movie. Um, but I don't think so. It's yeah, it's it's odd. Yeah, I thought Shane Black. She'll show up in Secret Wars. That's where he, she'll be <laughs> integral to the Secret Wars. I'm like, oh right, her. Yeah, where I thought Shane Black might not believe in therapy is that uh, Tony Stark solves panic attacks by building more things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't learn anything. Like he he's he's pointed out by Pepper that that's his problem, and then yeah. later he has a panic attack in front of the kid. Which the again, like build something. You're a builder. You're a mechanic. Yeah, and he's like, you just solved my problem, and I'm like, mm, he put a band aid on your problem, and you pushed it further down, <laughs> uh, and it's gonna get worse. Um, that kid did remind me of my child again, where I was just like, you know, those moments when your kid like won't stop asking questions, and you're oh, yeah. kind of either gonna lose it. Because not because of them, but because you've got issues you're working on yourself. <laughs> right. You're oh. like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And like, I was like, I get you, man. I, I hear you, Tony MacGyver over here trying to build stuff. It <laughs> is funny. He built like a fucking, I'm just realizing he built like that electrifying glove. It's kind of what that Gwyneth Paltrow uh, glove I talked about in Rite Aid looked like. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. He exactly. knew. He That's saw. He got the idea. <laughs> um, uh, 
Yeah, I d- again, I wrote to myself, I thought it was, like, I guess a clever way to work around a character that was problematic in the first place, but you have to have the Mandarin, like, to actually pull the cannon move. Look, Valverde is yeah. a great move. That's all there is to it. Valverde is the way to be problematic, but not in the way you imagined. <laughs> <laughs> it skirts it just enough. Yes. Uh, the manipulation of Western iconography, a.k.a. the Valverde effect. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, promising when he'll kill people. That's a Shane Black. Yep. <laughs> we yeah. definitely got I'm that. i kill you first. Yeah, and you and always like, you're like, that's not going to happen. That's going to get wrong. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, du- I'll, and I'll say this too. Uh, here's the crazy part. I'm just realizing, and we probably talked about this. Maybe you might have referenced it in the last Boy Scout. Even though this is a huge superhero movie, this achieves the Shane Black promise of machismo that's immediately followed with human frailty more so than the last boy scout most of the time like the more like the characters in last boy scout are more superheroes than these superheroes and more ridiculous in how they react like and don't learn anything um, uh, at least Tony Stark learned things like, and we didn't have fucking Pepper saying, I'll, I'll buy a dog <laughs> and saying like, you're right. It was yeah, my sorry, fault. Sorry, <laughs> Tony. You're right. Your suits were right. Oh, please. <laughs> that precocious kid shows up, starts calling him, sir. <laughs> it's like, right. God damn it. And he goes, yeah, uh, I think I could get used to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's more like it. Yeah. People are probably psyched when Iron Man finally showed up. Like, you know, like all the Iron Mans. It's definitely, again, a Halloween oh, end no. situation. I remember yes. being in the theater and people clapping and being yeah. like, okay. <laughs> uh, I was enjoying this other thing, but okay. Yeah. Uh, monkey tandem jump felt like a whole... Uh, oh, yeah. Felt like a uh, 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 Mission Impossible like yep. scene, 100%. Trying to, to collect everyone, but being like, let's do monkey in a barrel. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I did, oh. and also like Mission Impossible, I didn't completely understand what they were doing. Like I was just like, yeah. okay, sure, it'll yeah, numb your work. arm. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, what were you gonna say? Oh no, another like Shane Black line is it was that Shane Black who's a guard who like comes up and he puts his hands up and he goes, uh, honestly, I hate working here. They are so weird. <laughs> That's very. <laughs> that felt very Shane Black to Wait, me. Wait, was that Shane Black? I couldn't remember. I, it wasn't. I don't think he has okay. a cameo in this. Oh, okay. Um, but, like yeah, that part was like felt very like again the reality of being like. I'm just a hired guy. Yeah. These people are weird. No, thank you. I am officially a goon is what my yeah. title is. Wait, um, what movie was that recently where they talked about goons versus henchmen? Oh, was that in a movie or talking about it? I want to say it was a Marvel movie or it was a, it was a pretty big, huh? Or maybe it was a TV show where they're arguing about like, yeah, goons are, uh, are hired people and then henchmen are like the ones who believe in it right what's right. that in shit i can't remember if you know canon like, fans let us know because we yeah if it definitely if it's a marvel tv show no idea um <laughs> uh house party protocol is uh, feels like a shane black joke <laughs> i know i said oh that that should be a, a movie itself or I've, like a, a band I, name yes house party, house party protocol yeah. definitely uh yeah there are synth core bands um <laughs> uh I love that even on the bad guy's boat, there's a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little Christmas tree so it can explode. You need it. Um, Shame black cherry. When the president 
uh, what's his name from uh, 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 Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey? Right. Saddler, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, is like crucified. Uh, I just had Agnostic Fronts crucified in my head. <laughs> just got crucified, crucified president, crucified for Iron Man. <laughs> um, yeah. Why didn't they play that? I, I get it together, people. Uh, he just yells out, Merry Christmas, buddy. <laughs> At one point, you're like, wow. <laughs> um, Prodigal Son Returns. Uh, even that's a Bible-y Jesus reference, kind of. Um, helmet. What is, this is where I have the fun of like, I was clearly also getting tired and my notes make no sense. <laughs> I love this jump into the suit is very fun. And then I wrote helmet burning like a Halloween three pumpkin. Nope. I don't know what that means. Huh. I somehow yeah, was trying to connect looked, it to Halloween it, like, three. It was on the floor and melting or like when it was hot. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you can't. I'm not, hey, I don't have your mind, Jeff. Exactly. I barely even have the mind of Mencia. Come on. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, self-destruct into fireworks for Christmas. <laughs> Yay! I like we get to see the proto Hulkbuster yeah. suit. Yeah. That was fun. Man, I'll say, uh, my kid's been getting some, uh, even though I am not religious, my mother-in-law got my son an advent calendar. Uh, but that we oh, have yeah, to we fill have our fucking selves and it's annoying and we even tried oh, to be oh. like, yeah. Uh, it's not like candy. We it's just like got a, it from Trader Joe's. No, there's like a <laughs> giant fucking wooden one that's impossible to store during the year. And yeah. last year we said, oh yeah, Santa fills with Christmas magic. And then we, this year we tried to be like, you know what? Santa passed the job onto us. So we're going to handle it. And he was just like, no, you don't have magic. And I was like, fuck. So You're we have to- fuck it up. Yeah, so we still have to hide it, but- Last night, he got some Lego Wolverine exoskeleton mech suit that had, we realized it was for seven-year-olds, not five-year-olds, and it like had like 32 to 42 steps, and oh, Christy God. was like losing it trying to put this fucking thing together. Dude, that happened with the Minions Lego thing that I bought my daughter. I was like, fucking hell, let's just put this thing up. I can't. I thought about buying that fucking thing, and I might no. not be doing that shit. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I had to watch a YouTube video to help me out. <laughs> That's when you know you got the perfect gift. Um, yeah. yeah, I wrote, just like you said before, a world where the vice president is arrested. Now that is the most fantastical of all the ideas in this movie. <laughs> mm, soapbox back. Um, I think that is a very ugly necklace that sh- she gets from him at the end. <laughs> it just looks. Oh, did you get this from Claire's? That's the thing. It looks like the ones they advertise in like Parade magazine that comes in the fucking Sunday paper. Yeah. Um I love, again, with technology, and I know it's, you know, people use it, but it was just like that kid comes back, he's got all that technology, and it was like, boom, you got Fios, kid. Fios is the best. Um, No lags for you. Here's the question. Why, this is something that I don't, this happens with Marvel movies, the same with Mission Impossible movies. Like, I bet you they, this is a thing from before, but so he got rid of his heart generator. Did he hold on to that heart generator like for like a symbolic thing before or because Iron Man was part of him, but he was able to replace it or something? In the second one, he, he was being poisoned right by the, the generator. And then he changed it. 
but he still had the shrapnel in there because the it was like a magnet that helped keep it but now he was able to remove it and then streamline it because eventually he gets into the um nanotech right right of the suit where it's just like built in him or something weird like that so what does he have now in this at the end of three does he have like just a big hole in his chest it's still a reactor yeah it's still just like but it's a different type of reactor that does that he was he was able to remove the shrapnel so then that way it can just be a self-sustaining ah okay but he was holding off on that before for a reason I don't know. Yeah, because they, they <laughs> it be just honest, they know. acted like it was like a whole like I've come to a conclusion with who I am as Iron Man sort of thing. Well, and I think it's because I'm forgetting what exactly happened in two because I I I've seen two maybe like yeah two or three times as opposed to right you know the rest of them I've seen multiple times so. And why does he not realize that he shouldn't throw that into the ocean? I mean, that's just that's just not thinking about Mother Earth. I mean, come yeah, on, man. I mean, can we Tony, fucking? You know, we got enough problems in Southern California. A whale's gonna choke on that. Seriously? No. You know who's gonna get it? Namor. Namor, you got that shit, buddy. <laughs> He's gonna show up. His just a hand will come out like it's fucking T two. <laughs> Give a thumbs up, and he's holding the generator. And I will say this: I just saw Wakanda Forever a couple of weeks ago in the theater. Forty uh-huh. X worth it. Forty uh, X three D fun. Uh, and I I don't give a shit about those Avatar movies, but Jeff, the Forty X three D preview. I was like, I might have to do a couple oh, of boy. and see this. You don't turn on me. That'll be the end. God damn it. But they have the fucking wings on his his feet. feet? (laughs) And it works. That's great. He's flying and it looks good. That's good to hear. I haven't looked up anything about it. I actually didn't. I know you just said I know this is the truth. I mean, this is, I guess, where I am. And I'm not saying this in a Garlock braggy way, but I don't think I completely realized that new Wakanda movie was out. <laughs> yeah. I just did it. I because mean, cause there's so much yeah. like every, cause there's so much Marvel property and we've been hearing about this movie forever. Cause it's been delayed by three years. Right. So it's like, right. I will say I loved this. I don't know the charm of my wife that <laughs> like at the end, she just goes, for I guess when he got wet, she's like, wait, he can get his heart thing wet? And I was like, well, you think that's the one thing he didn't consider? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's not even waterproof. It's water resilient. It's one of those, like, when you get <laughs> yeah. the shitty watch, it's like, yeah, you can be underwater for, like, a little bit. Don't go crazy here. Um, uh, but, yeah, and then, like I said, we ended where me and my wife just talked about, like, was it? Which is the ultimate that we don't have the answer. Like, was it Marvel's choice to get that Christmas in, or was it Shane Black's? Because it's there's a lot of Christmas, and it's just, yep. yeah. I think like I will say in terms of the Christmas, it feels more perfunctory in this one. There's a lot of it, but it's not that whole idea of like it binds us, and this is a time, and people yeah. get sad. And I say this as you know, possibly having my classic seasonal affective disorder and you know depression that comes around christmas time right now oh yeah i'm in there i'm in that pocket you know i like to i like to wake up and i like to put a cozy old blanket on i pour a big old (laughs) cup of hot chocolate big old cup of eggnog and a big old cup of sad (laughs) oh yeah i i am in that seasonal d-e-p-r-e-s-s-i-o-n-z when i see my child i like to sit there and go don't 
be cranky, Jeff, because you're angry that you're all yeah. of a sudden like, do I have a career? And you're like, why am I thinking about this at six in the morning? <laughs> I am currently jobless. Yeah. <laughs> dealing with a lot of personal issues. Yeah. And oh, buddy, I'm like, your daughter has nothing to do with those things. My son is the loveliest person that has ever existed. He should not be hearing me be cranky <laughs> by him telling me a lovely thing because I am upset because some jackass job I thought I had forgot about me and then just kind of went on without me uh, because that's literally what our lives have always been and always will be. Hey. There we go. There you are. But there you have it. With Christmas that, time. I do feel like there's like a lot of Christmas, but somehow doesn't it doesn't feel connected completely, I will say. Um, yeah. No, it does feel like it. I think that was the other complaint a lot of people had being like, well, where does this set up? What does this do? And it's like, it's kind of its own little thing. And it does pay off later in that first Spider-Man when he's trying to lecture him about like, if if you can't be, you know, a hero without the suit, then you don't deserve to wear it. And You know, it's one stuff. of the problems. I, this is my last, like, maybe like, problem it's a personal problem i think with the marvel worlds because there's so many and the marvel movies can also act as good like airplane movies right but if there's so much going on and they're like hey remember this one little moment that happened in iron man 3 and now we're going to connect it to a spider-man movie that you're not even positive is related to the mcu and i'm watching it half falling asleep on like an airplane somewhere and then also realizing oh no i watched these spider-man movies out of order <laughs> i don't even know what they're talking about in relation to the last spider-man movie because that certainly happened yep. i was like i definitely watched this first one and then i was like jake gyllenhaal was in this what <laughs> who the fuck was he um uh it gets all convoluted so yeah it's hard to uh i don't know i'm impressed that marvel expects us all to pick up on the payoff of all of this. Like, and and I, mean, I think you gotta watch them with just like whatever, man. But I'll say this, this is my last uh this is why I think I'm thinking about the Christmas stuff so much, is not only because it's the reason for the season, uh Jesus, and not only because we've been talking about Shane Black here so much, but it kind of connects to what we've talked about before, where maybe why it feels extra extra that there's so much Christmas stuff in this is because at this point it's just been established. That's a Shane black thing. So it's like, even though I said, I commend him and love it because it gives me access to feel okay. Repeating some things. It does feel like, ugh, it, does he feel burdened by this combined I know, with, like he has to. yeah. Like, because it does feel like sometimes even when Tony Stark's just like, Merry Christmas, baby. And you're just like, you didn't even want to say that you wanted a different line. We've talked about how Christmas works really well in an action movie, not just because it's a time of year thing, not because of a collective conscious that you can tap into, but because it's easy set decoration. Like, it's easy to set decorate when you've got a cheaper movie. You've got a canon movie. You're like, how are we going to dress up this mall? Like, let's throw a bunch of Christmas trees around. When it's a Marvel movie... There's a little bit more where I keep thinking about because I'm like, you have all the fucking money in the world. Like, you could do anything. You don't need yeah. the cheap tool that always works of being like, and it's Christmas. Like, when I was watching <laughs> Cobra, 
and realizing it's actually more Christmas than I even give it credit for. <laughs> like, yeah. there's so much Christmas stuff in the background. But because it gives it a vibe, because it's L.A. and it just looks fucking George P. Cosmatos, Tony Scott, everything through those fucking blue blocker bass fishing sunglasses <laughs> style <laughs> that you got those little, you know, fucking uh, Santa blow molds every once in a while. Or seeing that, I think I sent you that picture, realizing I have the same exact Christmas decoration yep. that fucking Cobretti's neighbor has when the League of Crafty Serial Killers is coming to kill him <laughs> next to his fucking Pepsi side. And it, because I know it because it's something I grew up with, and it's a certain uh, Santa decoration that was made in Connecticut in the 60s. <laughs> um You know, it just brings it all together. But in this case, it does feel, at a certain point, you're just like, all right christmas i yeah. get it um yeah man i mean i'm a sucker for it though i mean that's the thing personally. and it still worked but like i think because and, i'm watching it under the canon canon guys where i know we're right. going to talk about it it really was hitting me in the face sometimes and then also felt very shane black where you're like there will be those moments where it's like you got hooked on this and robert downey this whole pepper Potts giant rabbit gift that the arms look like boobs to me weird joke right that doesn't completely pay off but does kind of like that feels <laughs> shane blackie to me too getting hooked on a, a thing that maybe no one gives a fuck about uh i mean if yeah feel, i mean like i mean i i like the setting of like winter and christmas for action movies because i don't know if it's the aesthetic of blood hitting snow or it's great kind of like but also there's one really great shot in the movie that felt very Shane Black, but I, I I thought was really cool is when he's in the phone booth, and the suit is like kind of sitting outside of the phone booth in the snow. I thought that was a really great shot. It, this goes along with also what we said of like Shane Black director. Like I think he's a good director. Like he gets some. Like he gets. Yeah. He, he he frames things better than he needs to sometimes. Like some of that yeah. stuff of him dragging. I mean, even that, because you're like, you know genre. Like, are you referencing Django and, like, the great yeah. silence when you're kind of combining, because uh, he's got now the, the you know, the, the poncho that he stole. So, like, he kind of is looking like a spaghetti western guy. He kind of yeah. looks like he's dragging a coffin that is a weapon, which is the Iron Man suit. It's kind of a coffin for him that is a weapon yeah. at the same time. And he's going through snow like the like the fucking The Great Silence, which is a fucking amazing spaghetti western that's in the snow and is one of the reasons it's so awesome is because shit looks cool in the snow. <laughs> like yeah. watching, and it looks like an extra burden to drag this thing. Um, uh, yeah, there's some great shots in this movie too. That's the other part of like... Uh, it's like any, to me, it's like finding the way sometimes, and again, it's not like we got to find fucking excuses for more people to watch Marvel movies, but <laughs> it's like finding the nuggets, like you find a nugget in like a canon film where you're like, that's a pretty good movie, but also there's a pretty amazing like sequence. There's a couple like things in here where you're like, oh, right, it's Shane Black directing himself yeah. in his script, but also he's got a good eye for replicating some genre stuff, but not... uh not in the way we've talked about uh, with like horror movies where like, you know, like I liked most of X, but it was starting to drive me nuts. So I was like, okay, I know, you know, Texas Chainsaw. Like it's <laughs> like pulling like, oh, you don't think that he maybe is referencing Django, 
but I think he might be, but maybe he isn't. But even if he isn't, it's a beautiful looking shot in the midst of like a movie that's not thought about for big, nice shots. It's you're thinking about it for big set pieces for fucking just dumb action, blah, blah, blah. Um, So it kind of works. I think it works for. It's very fun to see a Shane Black Marvel movie. It's like that's yeah. all there is to it. Like it's I think so. Just like how we like seeing a respected film director doing a canon movie. Like you're like, oh, that's kind right. of fun, man. That's kind of fun to see fucking Cassavetes or fucking, you know, I can never remember the fucking how you say the last name of the guy who did Runaway Train. Um uh yes. Uh but oh. right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Why am I yeah. You know what my problem is I always go, Stanislavski, the famous mm-hmm. acting teacher. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, do we have anything last things to say about Iron Man three? I it's always funny to me. I one of my favorite tropes in a in action movies is the whole Minority Report with your hands waving your hands in the air and it's computer files and it could do all these yeah. amazing things and you like in, enhance. Like, let me look around the 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 scene of the crime. Talk to me, Happy. What's going on? You know, like that yes. kind of whole that trope. <laughs> I love it. That it, I love, I love it. that I hate I I'm like you see it and you're like oh we're doing this again yeah. and then I'm like oh exactly. what a sucker I am for wanting to be able to be like zoop zack roop Onassis tried to I tried to write a sketch for Onassis when <clears throat> we were at UCB New York where it was all of us on stage trying to do that like open files and stuff but we're like we, we did a lot of sketches that were just like patterns repeating sure. but it almost too was too much of that man where it's just like us just waving. And the in the air trying to open files and stuff, and it was just like <laughs> that. Sounds like it could fall into that great category that both you and I like sometimes, but also not everyone does. Of like, can we maybe destroy the audience's brain? Oh, by yeah. repeating a fucking pattern that they might not even think is funny, but they have to deal with it. <laughs> the best way to do comedy is to try to make yeah. the audience deal with the idea you think is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. The might be my whole career. Say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I'll say is that, I mean, I enjoy this movie. I'm I'm a Marvel apologist. I, I, I'll watch all that shit because, like I said, I'm an easy mark because as a kid, just kind of imagining these things like reading film thread or like any of these other magazines, uh, looking in the back when you see these announcements made and also living through the, the era of bad comic book movies. Oh God. Yeah. It's great to see your, the things that you loved on screen and stuff. And of course I have my issues with that as well, but I, I really enjoyed this as a Shane black fan and a Marvel fan. I dug it. I love Robert Downey Jr. I think he's a great actor and, I, yeah, I, I, I guess on a side note, uh, if you want to watch another fun Christmas Marvel thing, uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Christmas oh, I saw specials, that was up. It was really great. Is it's it? really great. Yeah, it's really, it's super fun. I'll probably end up watching that one, I think, just for the fuck of it. I mean, I got to say, yeah. my, look, the fun part of having a kid is also like, you know, one, when people start doing that, like, ugh, they're kids' movies. I'm just like, okay, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. that can't be that amount of kids watching these things. Like, I just like, <laughs> yeah. um, but also, that's the same shit you could say about fucking cannabis. Like, oh, there's just dumb action movies you watch when you're a kid or when you're just like a fucking divorced dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. They still made a crazy amount of money. So that, that doesn't hold water, but uh, 
you know, having a kid with these things really also makes them, you see it, it just it different. Weird. Like, it's like, yeah. Harry fucking loved that Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Like, yeah. Like, and, and I, you know, and I was like, great, you'll enjoy watching these at some point. Like, he loves reading about, like, you know, like, it's fun. I brought him to the comic store for the first time and had him buy some comics and, like, because he wanted to. I had, again, yeah. I think I told you, I had to get him away from the Funko Pops. I was just like, that is just oh, fucking a capitalist fucking money suck. <laughs> that is the only reason for those existence at this point. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's fun. Although I will say, Christy, my wife did not realize I was going to be watching this for canon. I was like, oh, we got to watch Iron Man 3 tonight. And it was also my kid's movie night. And she's like, really? Harry's going to watch Iron Man 3? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, even the little I remember, I was like, he, it's not even that it's like too adult. I was like, he will be so bored by most yeah. of Iron Man three. <laughs> what did he? What did he end up picking? Oh, we watched Minions and more. Um, oh, of course, yeah. And then he, you know, as usually, freaked out because he wanted to watch one more thing, even though we had set up when it is. <laughs> and I was just yeah. in doing dishes, listening to him and go. I will only be happy if I can watch one more thing. <laughs> and <laughs> yep. just listening to my I wife be like, night. you literally will never get what you want if you talk to me that way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Don't know what to tell you. Um, welcome to reality, pally. Um, and I ain't talking at him. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think on this uh, point, we got to do our rating here. So first yeah, off, we've been doing our Shane Black rating for these one to ten Christmas trees. I think first off, how much how Christmassy is this Shane Black Christmas movie? I would say a, a nine. Yeah, I think it's a nine. I think it's a, it would have been a ten if they integrated it a little bit even more. But you also can't oh, yeah. get away like how Christmassy this one is. He's using a giant candy cane to fight with, <laughs> yes. and he's like, "Christmas is a metaphor for my sadness." <laughs> he has to uh, go undercover as Santa Claus. Yeah. That is the weird i realize shane black never completely connects the season affectional or uh, 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 affectional uh <laughs> the, the, the seasonal depression with the christmas part like yes yeah. they're sad but i'm also like i don't know i think Riggs would be sad any time of year right. Riggs would be sucking on that hollow point bullet like any time and i think <laughs> you know tony would be dealing with his alcoholism and ptsd and it doesn't have to do with fucking necessarily christmas, christmas it just yeah. it just doesn't have that connective tissue on terms of it being one to ten christmas trees for a shane black movie what do we think i'm at a 6.5 i give it a seven as well like around there like it's just it's fun to watch and wonder when it comes to genre like we talked about what is marvel and yep. what is him what is and what is robert downey um yeah yeah i think it's fun uh i like watching it as a shane black movie it's nice that we got to kind of analyze it in that specific way um and to like pull it out of the giant mess because also just yeah. my last thing of like again we don't need to defend more people watching any marvel movies but like <laughs> If you watch action movies and you don't like one Marvel movie, like you can't find one in there that is just at least fine. And I guess if, you know, your ethics that everything's, you know, the cinema's being destroyed by it. Look, that's a valid argument again. Uh, yeah. And, uh, many you know. Many things can be true. Many things can be true at the same time. There is no conscious <laughs> capitalism. And sometimes I enjoy watching a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me go order it from Amazon like a monster. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, I mean, at that point, I guess we just got to let people know where they can find us, Frank. Uh, they can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Canon Canon. Second Canon is one in. And of course, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Canon Canon. Uh, help us out. We're going into 2023. Uh, you know, help us do this crazy podcast, alienating through specificity as we like our want to do uh, in the new year. Uh, I would say go uh, get a shirt, but uh, T Public took those down. So <laughs> I can't believe we oh, went this no. long. We, I know. yeah, we the also Warner Warner came after us for trademark apparently after all this time. I still think they're in I the wrong because it's fair they use. They are in the wrong because it's 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 uh under like the use of parody and yeah. it's 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 actually I I think they're just doing it to threaten us. I think they I don't are. Know how much legal action they have? No, and I might reach. We might reach out to T Public and see if we can, or figure something out, or do a slightly different design. Briefly, when one of our Patreon members was like, "Oh no, are they coming after the name and the podcast too?" I was like, "I'm just not going to talk no, as much about this," that. but they can't. Um, so either way, that's a bummer. So I hope you enjoyed them if you had them. Uh, but support us at Patreon. Give us a five star review. Do all that good stuff. And until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. This is the, the Cannon. Cannon. I'll pinch you in the gooey bag. I got you first. Yeah.